Welcome back to another episode of GEMS Podcast with Genesis Amaris Kemp, where the core pillars are to educate, inspire, and motivate. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this segment. Hey, community. Welcome back to another segment here on GEMS Podcast. With me today in the hot seat is a special guest by the name of Heather Graham. And I'm going to tell you a little bit more about her. And you already know me, Miss Genesis Amaris Kemp, the founder and host behind GEMS Podcast. But here's more about Heather Graham. She is a transformation leader, professor, and coach with a passion for promoting the advancement of women in the fields of science, technology, engineering, and mathematics, also known as STEM. She is born and raised in Midwest. She now calls Arizona home. Heather has a bachelor's in computer science, a master's in management of information system, also known as MIS, and a master's in leadership and coaching. Heather has spent over 20 years working in various roles in information technology, leading and coaching teams and individuals to higher performance. Her website is www.heathergramleadership.com and her first book, which you'll hear about, is called Pull Each Other Up, will be coming out in the spring. But without further ado, let's welcome the woman behind it all, Heather Graham. Hello there. Thank you very much for the wonderful introduction. (laughs) My pleasure, Heather. And before we dive into just really women empowerment and helping women break into STEM, I definitely want the audience to be able to connect with you in a fun manner. So I like to give my guests two options. And if you've done your research and due diligence, you know what's next. So one is an icebreaker or The other option you can choose from is a rapid fire 10 question game. What are you in the mood for? (laughs) Um, Let's go icebreaker. I do like icebreakers. Okie dokie. We're breaking the ice with Heather. So I want you to share something crazy that you have done in your life or something fun and interesting about yourself. Mm, Okay, so the craziest thing I did was I actually went skydiving. I had always wanted to do it. And everybody thought I was I was going to be too scared. So on my 40th birthday, my big 40th, um, I actually went skydiving. And oh, I loved it. I would go again in a heartbeat. (laughs) It was so fun. Wow, that is super crazy. So did you do the the first jump with the instructor that is that called tandem? Yeah, the tandem jump with the with the instructor and and it was just it was it was so cool how they had it all set up and they just make you feel so calm and then you jump out of that plane and you're in free fall and you're just it's just amazing and then whoosh that that parachute goes up and then you just kind of floating looking around. Oh, it was this wonderful experience. Loved it. Super awesome. And thank you for sharing that, Heather. And that's actually been a theme um, within the last few episodes. I had a professional skydiver on and some other people who skydive. So I was like, 
I guess it's all in the vein. <laughs> <laughs> it must be on everyone's mind. I don't know why, but it, it must be on people's minds. <laughs> oh, man. So now we're going to jump into the work that you're doing um, with women and really just trying to get women more involved in STEM. And, you know, I... I think I would say that I was in STEM for a little bit. My degree is in supply chain and logistics and technology. Oh, and yeah. I have um, two minors, so one in purchasing and one in organizational leadership and supervision. And I was in oil and gas for 12 years, but super eyeing the tech field. That's a field that I want to break into. But another thing that um, I know some women want to get into is the STEAM, which is including that arts in there. Too. So from your experience, walk us through how you got involved in STEM. And did you know it was something that you always wanted to be a part of? So um, yes and no. So originally, when I went to college, I wanted to be a veterinarian, which is still, you know, science and but I hated biology. I hated college biology. I don't know why I just hated it. And I was really struggling. And my mother was actually a computer programmer. Um, and I took a logic class and I absolutely loved it. And she says, well, if you like logic, that's all computers are. Go take some computer classes. So I ended up a computer science major. Um, and this was pre-Y2K. So this was like 1998, which seems like yesterday, but I know it's, you know, over 20 years ago. <laughs> and I was um, one of the very few women in the first ISNT classes that were offered in my university didn't know that that was special at the time. Um, went ahead and finished my degree in computer science. Um, I got a job coding on a mainframe computer. So this was Y2K, pre-Y2K. Yeah, right? <laughs> um, and did that for several years. Um, again, working with mostly men. And I guess I grew up with two brothers and I just kind of rolled with it. I, it didn't seem strange to me or anything at the time. Um, did that for a number of years and then decided to switch over to project management um, because I like knowing the bigger picture of projects rather than just one little piece that you're trying to work on. So project management was a very good fit for me. Uh, been doing that since and working my way through programs. And at some point I was, I was looking at my career tra trajectory and um, I was looking around and I realized there are so very few women in leadership in, in these companies. Um, at one company I looked at, and it was, it was one of the first companies that had a lot of DEI initiatives and was really big on it. They still only had 13% women in leadership positions there. I, I literally pulled out the organization chart and looked at it and said, there's only 13% women in leadership here. So that's what really piqued my interest in what's going on here. Why are there so few women in leadership? And then, uh, of course, that expanded to why are there so few women in these fields, period. Um, I went for my master's in leadership, and my thesis topic was women in leadership. Uh, it was women in tech leadership. And um, through the research of that, trying to understand the reasonings behind that, it expanded my interest to the whole field of STEM, as well as where does it start? Obviously, you can't promote women into leadership if women aren't in the field and women aren't getting in the field because they're not interested in it or what's keeping them out of it. And that's, what's, that's what sparked all of this. So that's been kind of my career path into it. And that's amazing because it, um, it, it sounds like your mom was an, 
influential person since she was already a computer programmer and gave you some insights and then just having a conversation with her she's like why don't you think about computer science you got involved there and I love that you um, didn't just stay at the surface level but you went beyond to see okay why don't I see other women whether if they look like you or they don't why don't I see women in leaderships or with the seat at the table in high-ranking positions and you made it your mission to really start turning the needle and really um, bringing more awareness around it because some women may not know about it. Um, these industries may not cater or to the women to tell them, hey, you could do it too. Or maybe it's not sexy because sometimes they're like, oh, I want that sexy job or whatnot. But if you have the willpower, the bandwidth and the skill sets to do it, you should definitely be afforded the ability to step into that field. And if you think about it, like, let's think about some of the male dominated fields, which you don't see a lot of women, but now they're trying to change the narrative, like construction, oil and gas and energy, tech. Um, and what are some other ones that you could think of nowadays that you that were? Um, finance is a big one where it's very male dominated engineering. Um, as you mentioned, construction and construction management is heavily male dominated. Um, any of those fields. And I think it has it has a lot to do with um, women not being able to see themselves in there and also being turned away as you're not suitable for this job, whether it's mentally or physically, they think they're not suitable for that kind of job. Oh, I can't do that. That's too much um, math or that's too much manual labor or whatever the excuse may be. Um, and it's kept a lot of women away from it. And these are very good jobs too. Obviously, you know, tech and the in the STEM industry in general is shouting for people and shouting for innovation. It's the way of the future. They need people. And they're also very high paying jobs too, with you know, sustainability and longevity career rise if that's the path you choose to be on. So one way, because um, I know you're pushing for more women and I think if we get ahead of the curve and start talking to um, younger adolescents, maybe um, at the age of, you know, let's say probably nine, because there are a lot of STEM camps for um, the younger students now and bringing this to their knowledge where we get them while they're while they're young and while they're moldable to kind of see what it is that they want to do. So elementary into middle school, and then really hit them hit them hard in high school so they can make make those decisions. But if no one is talking about them, and showing them the various options and different segues, then that they're goes our um, population of coming into the STEM, STEM field because they are our future. And I know Junior Achievement does a little bit in the STEM field. Um, United Way has some organizations that they partner with. Um, there's also some STEM camps and etc. But we really need to really be having these conversations. But since since you're do, already doing work in this field, Heather, what are some of the ways that you are really um, sticking that fork in the ground to really bring women into your world? So it's, it's interesting that you mentioned when we need to bring them in. And there are a lot of programs, uh, such as the Girls Who Code and various things. Um, in my research, I found that you have to catch catch girls 
around middle school age is when they start turning away from things because uh, it may not be cool or they, they want to impress their friends and this, these fields aren't necessarily considered girl cool. So we need to catch them in that middle school age. Um, I have directly been involved with uh, Girls Who Code. I'm actually doing a panel for them here, a career panel here soon. Um, and as well as the Grace Hopper Institute, which brings a lot of college age students in. Um, there are local groups such as Women in Technology International, and I'm in Arizona. They have a Phoenix branch, uh, and I'm involved with them on that. And just various ways we can get out in the community and show, hey, women do this too. We're, we're just like everyone else. Um, it, it's one thing to get someone interested, but if they can't see themselves in the position, if they don't see other women, if girls don't see women in the position and realize, well, they're not just the admin assistant, they're actually the hardcore engineer, the hardcore construction, whatever it might be, they won't, <laughs> they, yeah, they won't, they won't think of themselves as that role. So the more they see women out there, they realize we're just, just like everyone else. We're not some strange, you know, uh, nerd person who, um, you know, sits in a dark room all the time, then they're going to realize that these are really good jobs. And it's, it's good for not only the women, it's also good for the companies. Um, companies are actually more innovative and therefore more profitable when they hire more diverse uh, staff. And the, you know, the reason is, is you're bringing in other ideas. You're bringing in new ways of looking at things. You might be bringing in new ways of solving problems. Um, it could be anything from just as a woman, I use this product this way and all they had ever considered was how males use the product. So when you start bringing in those different viewpoints and there's different ways of solving things, not to mention the different team interactions, you actually become smarter as an organization and therefore more profitable. So with that in mind, it, it just makes perfect sense that companies would want to bring in more diverse staff. Now where they're struggling is, is how do they make that happen? Exactly. So how are you targeting that diverse staff? How are you retaining those individuals and then we know that there is a pay gap between males and females so how are you attracting as well as making sure that woman feels valued she feels seen she feels heard and how are you curating that diversity of thought no matter what your um color is but just diversity from the aspect that we're bringing in a woman in a male dominated field and how do we level the playing field where we could work together to really create that partnership and those synergies and I know you um, have a book out so Heather I want to dive into the book because I'm sure your book covers some of these very practical tips so hold yeah. up that book and, and walk us through it hot off the presses. I just finally got my hard copies uh, just this last week. So I'm super excited. Um, again, as uh, it introduces, it's called Pull Each Other Up. And um, what I have done is I have done research as well as gathered real life examples uh, from women in the various STEM fields on things that they've faced in the workplace, uh, problems they've run into, how they've uh, seen biases and prejudices uh, come up. And then I offer real life solutions, things that are working, uh, things that you can do to help each other because it's not just about us. And in my foreword, I say it's for my girls and my girls' girls. And that's absolutely what I mean. I have a daughter, I have nieces, I wanna see them succeed. So the more I can do and we can all do, the better it's going to be for our future generations. 
And I really like the cover, how you have the stair step there because you're climbing that stair step. I like how um, the person in blue is reaching um, his or her hand out to pull up the <laughs> other one. And we're doing it together because sometimes so many people are stuck in that whiffle method, which is what's in it for me. But if we switch it and change the me for we, then we have the collaboration that's taking place. Because if you're doing good and you pull someone else up and they start to do good, then we start to see how we're winning and how we are better together when we really come united. Because if you think about all the successful people, their business wasn't successful just because of them. Their business was successful because they have a team of people who know what their zone of genius is and they're partnering their zone of genius with someone else's, but also remaining true to who you are, kind of like Elon Musk. They said that he wanted to do SpaceX. He wanted to have cars. He wanted to do all this thing when he was a kid and people thought he was crazy, but look at him now. <laughs> so that's a good sentiment that I really want to leave with the audience that if you have a dream, go out and achieve that dream and never let somebody tell you that you're not good enough or you don't belong there, or you don't have a rightful place. Because when they're saying that, it's because they're trying to psych you out of it because they want to make room for themselves. But you very well have the skill set, you have the willpower, you have the brain and the tenacity to go out and crush those limiting beliefs, jump those hurdles, and break down those barriers. Absolutely. And and I love how you put it. It is it is not what is in it for you. It's a team effort. If, if you could do everything, you wouldn't need anyone around you, but we all know that's not even possible. So what can we achieve as a team? And unfortunately, one of the things that tends to happen is that uh, people try to segregate or separate people away from each other. And that just makes the individuals weaker. Now, uh, if we turn around and we help the next person rather than just stomping on them as we try to work our way up the chain, uh, we're actually stronger and we actually bring more to the table then. Yes, so true, so true. And Heather, is there anything else that I did not ask you that you want to add um, to the conversation that's gonna add value for the audience? Yeah, thank you for asking. So my main point is uh, in the book and in in my uh, speaking to different groups and in where I've uh, participated and um, volunteered. I that was the word I was looking for. Volunteered on various events is um, don't underestimate yourself and don't underestimate what you bring to the table and together your skills and other people's skills become more greater than the whole. So instead of being 100% alone or even 90% alone, you might be 110% as a group. And I think it's so important that we stand up for each other. So if you see a girl who is considering getting into a field, but people are telling her, well, she's not smart enough or she doesn't have enough math or whatever the case may be, help her or give her some direction on where she can go and, and help guide her. Or if you're in a meeting and you see a woman who's getting talked over, because it happens all the time, people aren't listening, they're talking over the women, um, stop the conversation and say, hey, I think so-and-so has something to add. Can we give her a minute to speak? Um, just those little things that can help 
push women back up to the front and highlight their importance and their ideas helps so much. And it, and it's a very small act, but it starts to change people's mental dialogue over what they think women can and cannot do or how women should or should not act or just how women contribute in general. And if we can continue to do that, we'll start to change the inherent biases and the stereotypes that people still believe, the more, the more they see that goes against those inherent biases and stereotypes, the more their minds will start to change. And it's not gonna happen overnight. We're not gonna all of a sudden be 100% equitable across the board, unfortunately. Um, but we take those little steps and we keep pushing our way there and we make it better for the next generations. Yes, yes, yes. I completely resonate with that because as you rise, someone else rise. As you elevate, someone else elevates. And as you begin to gain knowledge, wisdom, understanding, how can you take that back and funnel it back into the ecosystem to help somebody else do the same? It becomes a pipeline and a tunnel. And that's something that we all need to be working together. And as I said earlier, united we stand, divided we fall, and we are better when we come together. And once we can level the playing field, then I think that's what really creates a balanced ecosystem and really put things into equilibrium because now we're able to see things from different perspectives, different vantage point. And then that diverse um, amount of thought comes into the equation where we could um, perform better, we could have efficiencies, we could improve our processes and et cetera. And we could have that lean system. And when something's not working right, don't be afraid to say, okay, I made a mistake, but what did you learn from that mistake? And how is it going to help you personally and professionally so you could begin to develop more? Right. And we need to not be afraid of making mistakes. Unfortunately, women get caught in that trap that we have to be perfect. And it, and it is a historical, there are historical reasons because we are judged more heavily due to some of the biases and stereotypes, but we'll get there and, and don't be afraid to fail. It, I have failed more times than I've succeeded and it's just, it just changes my path and that's okay. <laughs> I love that. And now let's jump into the CTA. So the call to action. So Heather, what is your call to action for our audience? Whether it's something that you wanna challenge them to do or if you just want to link your website and where you primarily hang out on social media, do that. And of course, since the book is out, give us where we could um, go grab a copy of that book. Okay, so um, my call to action, my book is available on Amazon. You can get it via Kindle or via paperback. Um, my, my website, I believe you've already given the link, but just one more time, it's Heather Graham Leadership. Dot com. I do have a blog where I talk about issues of women and advancement and diversity, etc. So please feel free to reach to read that. You can find me on Facebook under Heather Graham Leadership, LinkedIn, Twitter. I'm in all those places. I love to write about things and research and talk about things. So please feel free to, to come follow me, uh, comment. Let's have a conversation. I love it. Um, my challenge to everyone is to look in your local area and find some way to participate in helping, whether it's girls or 
women or starting up a, a women's chat group or a, a book club, anything to build your network of women. And, and you never know who you're going to meet and what, what paths life will take you or that other person in. Um, just interact with women and find out what they're saying and where they're struggling and see if there's maybe something you can offer or maybe someone else in the group can offer it. I think um, if we come together as groups and we talk about these things, we bring them up, you'd be surprised who has faced it, who's faced something very similar and here's how they, how they handled it. If nothing else, you, you, you know that you're not the only one. <laughs> so I challenge everyone to just go out and try to find some sort of a group or, or a, a club or a, a organization that you can join and be part of the movement. Let's pull each other up. Let's do it. <laughs> Amazing. And Heather, I want to thank you so much for coming on the platform today and sharing your insight of women in leadership, how we could break into STEM, and really how we could support one another. Even though we may be in different areas, we could put our ideas together to really just strengthen where it is that we want to go. So all of your contact information will be in the show notes. Audience, make sure you like, comment, and subscribe. We're on 40 plus platforms. You could also see this video on our YouTube channel by going to GEMS with Genesis Amaris Kemp, and that's G-E-M-S with Genesis Amaris Kemp. And until the next guest, next segment, I want to thank each one of you for supporting on a consistent basis to um, really dive into the community as we're bringing topics that are educational, inspirational, and motivational, while also weaving in the importance of diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging. So thank you, thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart. And because of you, we're now ranked in the top 2% globally out of 2.8 million podcasts per www dot listennotes.com which is opening up a slot for brand sponsors if that is you please go find more information by going to genesisamarscamp.net or sending me an email at genesisamarscamp at gmail.com to learn how your brand products or services can be heard right here so until next time peace love and lots of blessings have yourself an amazing day and go learn more about STEM or STEAM. Thank you for listening to another segment of GEMS Podcast. Hope you enjoyed this recording. Make sure you like, comment, share, and subscribe to GEMS Podcast on your audio platform as well as our YouTube channel, GEMS with Genesis Amaris Kemp. We would love for you to be a sponsor so please reach out via email at gems, G-E-M-S, with W-I-T-H, Genesis, G-E-N-E-S-I-S, Amaris, A-M-A-R-I-S, Kemp, K-E-M-P, at gmail.com, where your brand, your swag, your services can be here on GEMS Podcasts.